Hey, you. Thank you for joining me for episode number 43 of Better Regulate Than Never. I told you I was trying some new things this summer, and I wanted to update you on the fiddle lessons my husband and I started at the beginning of the summer. We wanted to try something new together, and I am up for most things. Well, nothing really physically risky. I don't really like doing that, but most other things I'm, I want to try. But my husband is a little bit more particular. He wanted to try to learn a new instrument, and he found a class in a nearby town, and we decided to do it. We had to rent violins because we didn't already have one, and neither of us have ever played any kind of stringed instrument. I guess I tried to learn the guitar once, but that's really it. Um, So we had to rent violins. And by the way, the violin and the fiddle are the same instrument. I wasn't even sure about this before we started, but the way you play it makes it a violin or a fiddle. So the violin is played in a classical, sophisticated symphony orchestra kind of way. The fiddle is played with like a syncopated kind of hoedown, um, different different kind of way. And that has to do with the bow technique that you use when you play it. So they are the same instrument, but you play it differently. Our instructor is so good with teaching from the very beginning. I can't even imagine trying to think of how to teach people um, like just super basic things. But I like that on the very first night, we were able to play an easy song. And she also taught chords on the first night so that we could play along to harder music by just playing a few notes. So it made it more fun because you felt like you were really doing something. That night, our instructor told us to practice at least seven minutes for seven days until we met again in the class the next week. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I don't like to practice. Now, this is just a story I tell myself, and I can change that story if I want to. So the first week that we had after we had been in class, I practiced more than seven minutes for six days. I was really proud of myself because that is quite an accomplishment for me since I tell myself I don't like practicing. And my husband and I even kind of had a competition going on about who would practice the most. I felt really confident going into the next week's session. And because I had been practicing, I understood what we were doing. And just so you know that I do practice the techniques that I talk about in the podcast, um, in order to make sure I practiced, I use techniques that I talked about in episodes 12 and 13, if you need to go back to that, about scheduling your activities. So every morning when I get up, I make a schedule of the things that I want to accomplish that day. And I know that many of you will think this is too rigid for your life, but I promise you I get more done and I have more fun free time than I ever had when I didn't have a schedule. So I schedule my day and I scheduled my practice and every day I got it done. But this is how the next week's practice time fell apart. So we were going to have out of town guests for the next Thursday, Friday and Saturday So I plan to practice on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then take the next three days off when we had our out-of-town guests. And then when they left, I was going to practice on Sunday and Monday before we went back to class on Tuesday. At the beginning of that week, 
um, some work things came up that were unexpected. And I plan to just add them to my schedule and still get everything done. But I let thoughts of worry and overwhelm take over. And I started to tell myself that I didn't have enough time to get everything done. And then anxiety made me rethink my schedule. So I told myself to prioritize. And I decided not to practice for three days because then we had the extra guests that I was already planning for. So sometimes we do need to be kind to ourselves and reprioritize our activities, but I really think I was just avoiding practicing. And so I was almost glad that I had extra things came up because then I could make an excuse that, oh, well, I don't have time to practice. So I think that's what really happened. But anyway, so what ended up happening because of my thoughts of overwhelm and anxiety I didn't practice at all the next week, even though our guests were gone on Saturday. Well, they actually left super early on Sunday morning and I could have practiced Sunday, Monday and Tuesday before class, but then I had some other excuses. So when I went to class, I was completely lost and I couldn't find the notes very easily because I practically had forgotten everything from the week before. And as I am working on this episode, we are going into our last week of class. And I do plan to practice at least three times before class. And I guess that's better than none. In episode 35, I talked about grit. And I think it was called How Gritty Are You? Or What is Grit? Maybe. Um, And I talked about what grit is in that episode. So you might want to go back to that if you didn't listen to that yet. But I want to revisit that information and compare it with my experience with the fiddle lessons. So Angela Duckworth, who wrote the book Grit, identified four psychological assets to grit. And those are interest, practice, purpose, and hope. People perform better and are more satisfied when they are interested in what they are doing. I love music and I love learning new things. So I am interested in the fiddle because I am able to make music with it. And I love learning something new with my husband. New experiences actually help you bond with people. And so that's why it is good to do new things on a date because that helps you bond with the person that you're on a date with or doing new things as a family is good to bond the family members together. And our family actually is going on vacation this summer, the whole family staying in the same home and we have activities planned. So uh, I'll have to tell you if that works to help bond our family. Uh, Sometimes I can also cause some, um, I don't know, tension. So we'll see how that goes. Sometimes you have to learn how to be interested in something. And I know that sounds kind of, I don't know opposite or maybe doesn't make sense, but sometimes interest isn't immediate. Um, Sometimes you become interested in doing something as you learn more about it or get better at it. At first, learning an instrument can be very frustrating and complicated, and it is very frustrating and complicated. But as I'm learning, I'm becoming more interested in it. And I think learning a new language could feel like that. Like, And I haven't ever learned a new language, unfortunately, but I think as you're learning it, it's frustrating probably and and complicated and hard, but as you learn it and start using it, maybe in a different country, that could make it more interesting and fun. So you can work through some of that overwhelm and frustration to get to the interesting part, but there is 
um, examples where you are not interested at all. And so then it can be really hard to push through the difficult part to get to the interest. I know that's what's tough about school. There are some subjects that we just don't find interesting, and that makes it hard to push through the the frustrating learning practicing part because you're not interested in the subject. Unfortunately for school subjects, you do have to force yourself through at least enough to pass. So please ask adults for help in getting through that overwhelm. The adults in your school want to help you with that, and even your parents can give you pointers on how to get through subjects you're not interested in. We have all had to do it, so they have I'm sure they have some pointers on that. We also need to stop telling ourselves that we hate something. If we have to do it, saying we hate it only makes us feel worse and makes it even harder to get the work done. We need to find some neutral thoughts about those subjects. Instead of saying, I hate math, we should say, this math is good for me to know for my future, or learning how to do this math is good for my brain. Remember, we get to choose our thoughts. So choose thoughts that serve you, not thoughts that make you dread what you were doing or make you unnecessarily suffer. I had to change my thoughts from, I hate practicing to practicing will make this easier or Learning to play this instrument will be fun to do with my husband. And that is true. Now to the asset of practice, which is what I was just talking about hating. Um, There is a theory that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become good at something. Now there is truth in this theory because it does take time to be good at something. Our fiddle instructor says that it will take a year to feel comfortable holding the fiddle and the bow, and even to feel confident with finding the notes. So of course it does take time and hours of practice. That is true for everything that we will ever do that is new. We can't remember how much practice it took for us to learn to walk or to learn English. Well, if you are an English speaker, um, primarily an English speaker. If you ever get to spend any time around a baby or a toddler, You can see the endless daily practice it takes to learn new skills. And babies and toddlers never give up. They just keep falling down and getting right back up. The falling down and pulling themselves up a lot when they're learning to walk actually strengthens their muscles so that they can even hold their weight to stand. So the falling down and getting up is actually part of the process. That's actually how they are able to walk. And when babies and toddlers are learning to use words, there are adults around them to praise them when they use the words correctly and to help correct and teach them words when they are not sure of them. It is not just quantity of time to practice, but it is also the quality of the practice. This is where I messed up with piano practicing. Sometimes my mom would force me to practice. And when that happened, I would just play songs that were easy and fun or I picked out new popular music instead of the music I was working on for my lessons. I didn't want to work on the pieces that were hard because it was frustrating and sometimes overwhelming, but practicing what we already know how to do or are good at doesn't make us better. We are just going through the motions to say we practiced. I would guess that that is what a lot of us do. We say we want to master something or get better at it. So we try to get those 10,000 hours in. But if those 10,000 hours are spent with things that we already know or are just fun fluff stuff, 
we aren't really getting better. Cognitive psychologist Anders Ericsson found that experts in their field practice differently. He calls this practice deliberate practice. In his research, he found that experts practice with goals. First, they set a stretch goal. That means a goal that is just out of their reach physically or mentally. The expert zeroes in on one narrow aspect that they need to improve. The expert analyzes how they perform and finds those parts that they still don't know how to do. And then practice is focused on that one part. For my fiddling practice, I need to look for the parts of the music that are too difficult for me now and go over and over that part, finding the fingerings and bow positions so that I can get better and better with that part. What I want to do is just watch a video of the instructor and play chords in the background because it's fun. That won't get me better. And, um, if I just practice that way, think about how you can use this goal oriented practice with anything you need to get better at your math homework, your tennis swing, your mile running time, your ability to spell hard words. We all have something we could be working on. When you do your homework or practice for new activities, do it with a stretch goal in mind and work on what you are not good at so that your 10,000 plus hours will actually be getting you to an expert level. Once you master that goal, set a new stretch goal and keep going. Doing deliberate practice will not be fun and will probably be frustrating and even sometimes painful if you are improving yourself physically. You will have days and times when you don't want to do it. That does not mean that you should give up. That is where grit comes in. Put your deliberate practice on your calendar and honor yourself by doing it when you write it down. Your brain will tell you to put it off or do it another time, but just make yourself do it. You will be so satisfied with yourself afterwards, and it will get easier. The reward, the rewards of hard work are so worth it. What about the purpose of all this work and practice? This is the intention to contribute to the well-being of others. Humans are social beings, and we seek connection to others and our world. We should be looking at purpose for why we do everything, but to be especially dedicated to a task, sport, subject, or a passion of ours, we need to find the way it connects to others and our world or benefits either in some way. If you are working on your athletic ability, you may think about how does it benefit your team or your sport in general, or how it benefits your school. If you are practicing an instrument, You might think about how it benefits your band or the orchestra that you're playing in, or how it might bring pleasure to the people who will listen to you play. If you are practicing a school subject that is hard, you may think about how it will benefit your teacher to have you understand the material. Maybe you could help your fellow classmates with new ways to understand it, or maybe how your parents will be less stressed if you are understanding the material. The last psychological aspect of or asset of grit is hope. The kind of hope needed here is that we can improve our future through our own efforts. 
There is a kind of hope that we talked about before in an earlier episode that is not helpful. I hope I can do it. That kind of hope is that we want things to get better and we are hoping that they will just magically happen. That kind of hope leaves out the work that we must do to make it happen. We can learn to take charge of our lives and our practice sessions so that we have control over our own future. We know that with hard work, we can make our grades better, or we can learn the language, or we can increase our time on the mile. We don't just hope and then do nothing to make it happen. This really plays into the information about fixed mindset versus growth mindset that I had a couple of episodes ago. If you believe that you can change your brain with more work and practice, you have a growth mindset and you will be much more likely to work through the frustration and pain of the continued deliberate practice. Even when you have failures and setbacks, you will just keep working because you know that this will make a difference if you don't give up. I think all of us give up on things too quickly. I have been very guilty of this in the past. It is only in the last few years that I have decided that I can create anything I want to in this life if I just keep moving forward and working towards my goals, even if I don't even know how to reach them. Some of my goals are so into the future, I have no idea how I'm going to do them. Um, I don't even know what I should be practicing now to get there but I just keep finding the next step and doing it and then seeing what is revealed about the outcome to give me the next step I need to work on. That's what I'm doing with this podcast and my life coaching. Like, I don't know what the end goal or end result. Well, I guess I know what the end goal is, but I don't know what, how I'm going to get to that goal, but I just keep going to the next step and keep trying something new and adding something different and talking to more people. And it's revealing what the next step might be, which is so fun. I am creating something and I don't even know what the end looks like. It's so great. And I want you to do that too. That is what you all should be doing right now. It is such a relief to me to know that I have so much more control than I thought I did. If I knew this when I was your age, I can't imagine what I would have created. Well, I am going to do it now, and I hope these episodes are inspiring you to create and improve all the areas of your life. Every day you get to choose your thoughts. Choose wisely. Talk to you soon.